This week on the Tech on Tap podcast, we bring in the NetUp A-Team to chat about their experiences at the NetUp Mothership for the annual ETL Meetup. Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast with Justin Parisi. I love NetUp. Oh, yeah. NetUp. I love this company. Zipork. Zipork. I love NetUp because it's so funny. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. My name is Justin Parisi. I'm in the studio and with me today is Dan Isaacs. Hi. Hello, Justin. How's it going? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Excellent. So um, we're going to talk about what we did a couple weeks ago. Uh, Dan and I it was, traveled. It was last week, Justin. Well, when we publish this, Dan, it will be a couple weeks. Come to the future with me. It's beautiful. It's also a post-apocalyptic wasteland. How's the weather? Um, well, there's no sun anymore. <laughs> Just so you know. Uh, anyway, uh, that's, that got dark real quick. So um, on the phone with us are it's members of the sun. NetUp A-Team. And the reason why they're here is because a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, whatever, whenever we published this, uh, we went to the ETL meeting with the NetUp A-Team out in Sunnyvale, California. So on the phone with us, Rory McBride, hi, what do you do and how do we reach you? Hello, hello, and welcome from uh, sunny England. Um, as you mentioned, I'm Rory McBride. I work at Arrow in the UK, one of NetApp's distributors. And you can get me on Twitter at McBride Rory, underscore Rory. All right. Also on the phone in sunny England, Jason Benedicic. Hi, Jason. How do we reach you and what do you do? Hi, Justin. Um, Jason Benedicic, independent consultant in uh, cloud. So all things hybrid, public, private. And uh, you can find me on the Twitters at J.A. Benedicic. So as an indie consultant, uh, do you deal in avocado toast? Only when I'm working in Shoreditch. <laughs> okay. I don't know what that means. Uh, so also on the phone, <laughs> not from England, but from America, uh, Mike Pallet. Hi. What do you do? How do we reach you? Hey, I'm a senior storage engineer at a company called Meridian IT. I'm based out of Chicago, and uh, you guys can reach me at uh, at Spindle Ninja on the Twitters. So I heard some big news out of Chicago uh, the other day. Did you hear about the glass that shattered on the walkway outside of Sky Tower? Yes, I heard about it, and that that doesn't bother me. It was probably built to do that. Well, yeah, it was. I I was reading that. that. But can you imagine, even though it's built to do that, can you imagine being the lady with her child on that and then seeing that glass shatter? Yeah, I would. I would hope they would. Uh, Somebody check her underwear because pro- bring a bring a spare pair of pants. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I, I would probably probably never go back there again, even though it was totally safe. I'd be like, nope, that's not worth it. All right. Anyway, enough about Chicago because uh, we're going to talk about the ETL to talk about what that is and what the A team is. We have none other than the leader of the A team, Sam Moulton. Hi, Sam. Hi, Justin. So hey, wh- thanks wh- for. Yeah. Uh, giving me this opportunity to, you know, plug my favorite event, my favorite group of people. You don't, you're not selling me on how much this is your favorite. <laughs> oh, I don't have to do that. Oh, oh, it's, 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 it's obvious. It sounds obvious from the tone of your voice that this is your favorite. <laughs> yeah. 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 So last week, um, we, as you said, we had our annual, uh, come together in Sunnyvale. We, um, we used to refer to it as the Tech Field Day, but 
you know, Mr. Foskett has kind of the market corner there. So I allowed you guys to come up with the uh, the new name. And uh, when you say you guys, (laughs) who specifically came up with his name? Okay, well, I was not involved. Let's put him on blast. Who? Dave Marrera. Dave Marrera, who is no longer with the A team. It might be time to change the name. That's right. That's right. We love him. We still love him, though. I mean, he could come back anytime. Eh. You know, take him or leave him. Anyway, (laughs) anyway, it is an old database term. It, It not old. I guess it's. I don't know if it's old or new. But anyway, it's extract, transform, load. And uh, I have to explain it every single time we talk about ETL. Um, but that's, you know, that's just one of the joys of um, uh, working with the A-team. And what's the A-team? Yes, well, what is the A-team? Tell me. Tell me more. <laughs> so uh, the A-team is a group of customers and partners who advocate for NetApp. They are, um, I guess, what? I, I want to say something funny, but I'm not that funny today, I don't think. Um, just like super freaky, passionate about NetApp stuff. It is a little um, weird. It's a little it, off-putting. Yeah, it's a little off-putting, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, they really She enjoy, said freaky. <laughs> they really enjoy NetApp products and solutions. They enjoy them. Uh, they um, re- appreciate them. And so we bring them all together once a year to hear from all of the uh, product SMEs and executives about what NetApp is doing, uh, both, you know, right now and into the future. Uh, They get some nice uh, roadmap deep dives and access to people they may not have the um, the opportunity to um, have a conversation with otherwise. So it's and it's a lot of fun. Excellent. So speaking of the ETL, that's what we're here to talk about. To talk about that today, we bring in a, we brought in a few of the NetApp A-team on the East Coast, and we're also going to bring in some NetApp A-teamers on the West Coast a little later uh, to tell us all about it. Um, Dan, what did you think about the, the ETL? It's your um, first one, right? No, it's it's not my first one. Oh, that's right. It's your first one since you've been back. Yes, since I've, since I've been back. Okay. It's my, my first one in a couple of years. Uh, it was wonderful just to see everybody again, uh, especially the guys we have on the phone here. Uh, it was great to be back in Sunnyvale again. Uh, it's the first time I'd been to HQ since the uh, buildings were reconfigured. So lots of new things to see out there. And uh, I got a rental car that was very loud. You did. Um, so as far as the ETL is concerned, since you had been a few years away from the last time you went, what did you feel like was the biggest difference? Well, the biggest difference was there was no Dave Hits there. Okay, second biggest difference. (laughs) Okay. Uh, The second biggest difference was just the number of people. Last time I was there was probably uh, 2016. And uh, goodness, I think there was probably 30 to 40% more people there. So, Mike, uh, being your first ETL, what did you think of the ETL? Uh, Overall, I mean, I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was a good blend of technical marketing and technical information um it was kind of nice and and uh, interesting to hear about kind of the future roadmap and where netapp is taking the data fabric and on tap and and all that uh all their products basically so all right rory uh as veteran of the etls what did you think 
I, I really enjoyed it. There was, as I say, there was a good mix of, of speakers. There's, um, there's quite a few that we've had uh, there before that we requested. Um, I think one of the one of our favorites is probably Quinn Summers. Uh, he's, and he's my favorite. What he, yeah. <clears throat> uh, we also had Rick Moranis for, for a couple of sessions. Hey. <laughs> Spencer Sells. Honey, I shrunk uh, the filers. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it was, it was good, to, good to do that. I think what's... what's What's really come to together over the last couple of years is we've um, we've had that exec sponsorship from from somebody like Joel Wright, and he has been able to make sure that we get the right people from each of the business units to come and and tell us what their go to market is going to be, and we get a better blend of uh, and a better understanding about it's not just let's just create a faster product let's just create it because we can it's how do these all tie together into give us a data fabric solution that's fit for our customers? And I think it's some of the stuff we heard, um, especially on, on, on day two around sort of the um, next generation stuff and the cloud stuff is, is really um, going to be exciting for our NetApp customers at the back end of the year when these things actually are on the shelves, so to speak. Okay. And uh, Jason, um, you've attended previously as a partner, and now you are doing independent consulting. So tell me how that experience for you was a little different this time. So, yeah, it's nice. I previously been, this is my third ETL, so a couple of years um, working for a, a large uh, partner in the UK. So my the things I wanted to get out of ETL previously have, have, were different Um you know, it might be more related to the business activity I was doing at the time. Um, but now as an independent, I'm more focused on the areas where I work with my customers most. Um, so automation, cloud, uh, API access, those sorts of things. So my what I try to gain from it is slightly different. Um, I also feel that I'm able to give a broader viewpoint, um, not just from that of a partner um, or, you know, a uh, uh, a reseller and those sorts of things. Um, it, it more I can give a, these are what the end user experiences I see are. And because I work with a different range of size of customers, um, I can bring a, a broad viewpoint because NetApp works really well with enterprises um, and they work really well in America, but they may have less visibility into smaller businesses or startups or, or, or fast-paced development. So I get to bring a, a different viewpoint to the table. So uh, it's interesting you mentioned uh, you know REST APIs and Ansible and that sort of thing because I think we're doing some things with that. Um, so as far as what you heard from the ETL, what did you think of the direction of the DevOps movement of Ansible modules and of our REST API support? So I think this is something that's been building over a number of years with NetApp now. And you're taking that um, accessibility first approach you know everything new that's being done is being done for simplicity for automation uh, to make everything more accessible to all of the different types of customers so you know when it, we're, we're talking about simplification of the uis and the workflows um, that's not just for your everyday generalist but for the developers you get the apis to do the same things and you know it's a it's a long journey that app's going through but it is everything is about making it easier for all of the different customer personas and uh rory um what about you what did you find uh to be some of your favorite news at the etl um there was quite a few things um that that kind of stood out for me i mean one of the one of the big ones um is is currently max data uh, and 
the roadmap for it. Um, Max. What's coming up? He's a good guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think he's Max Parr's cousin, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. Um, Max Headroom. <laughs> Continue. Too, yeah. I mean, the, the fact that we, you know, we can utilize Optane within a server today and what's coming uh, in the future is, I, I think, is, is going to be a, a great big change for, um, it's going to be a game changer because NetApp really doesn't play in that space. You know, we're not seen as a, a server vendor, we're not, you know, and, and the likes of some of the other major players in that space. But I think it will make you stand out, um, especially for some of those applications that need um that sort of speed, like things like Cassandra and Mongo and, and things like that, that that we are seeing more and more of in the enterprise space. They're no longer um, DevOps tools or, or kits that they're playing with. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um, one of the other things that stood out was the global technologists. We had, um, we had uh, interaction with them. So one of them has been on here a few times is uh, Matt Watts that we know quite well, but just having people like uh, Greg and Jeff in the room as well and, and understanding you know what their message is uh, and how we can leverage that as well to to better the message we are taking out i think is was also very informative from from an a-team perspective so we're kind of like doing the basf thing the we don't make a lot of the products you buy we make a lot of the products you buy better so servers we're server enhancers no. yes <laughs> yes <laughs> so dan um you've heard of max data I, a little bit yeah so i uh, Tell us about what you thought about the Max Data information. Well, it was uh, as invo- as involved as I am with it. It was uh, nothing that was news to me, but uh, it was wonderful to be able to share some of those things that you know we may not have been able to share with the A team before, just because of the uh, time horizons. Great to listen to how they felt about it. Uh, you know, their feedback on it was you know overwhelmingly positive. Uh, so it's it's very exciting. I'm I'm anxious to get more customers exposed to this. So you were yeah. basically just sitting back, like watching the kids open their presents, like yeah, look at the smiling on their faces. One of the good things about the Max Data piece was the um, was the fact that you can download a, a 30 day eval and try it out today, even on, even on your laptop if you've got um, an NVMe disk in there, you can try that today. And I think that's going to open a lot of people's eyes to this technology. Which is, you know, that uh, probably one of the, the the hard parts to get across is how is this going to benefit me, without actually playing with it? And this free eval does that. Well, even further than that, you don't even need an NVMe disk. You can virtualize all that. Yeah. Virtual. Virtual. It's somebody else's disk. <laughs> what? Mind blown. Makes you be telling me that it clouds somebody else's computer. <laughs> you think you would? You would think. So, Mike, you saw some things coming down the pipe that might interest you. What, from your perspective, was most important from the ETL? So I do a lot of uh, deploys with customers, um, a lot of new customers, too, um, converting somebody from non-NetApp to NetApp storage. And what kind of really struck out to me or struck with me was the uh, advances in simplification of uh monitoring, management, deploying, licensing, uh, that, you know, future ONTAP is going to hold. Let's flesh that out a little more because, I mean, Jason touched on it with REST API access, and that's going to help simplify consumption of the storage, but it's also going to help simplify some of the management tools. And you got a good look at that, right? Yeah, so kind of the the consolidation of appliances needed for alerting and um, management and tracking and all that kind of stuff and then as well as 
uh, newer wizard driven kind of deployment engines, which makes deploying an ONTAP system a lot easier to do. So a couple years ago when I started doing that at deploys, it was, you know, eight hours straight uh, or even two days sometimes deploying an ONTAP. Now I think I got it down to about two, three, four hours maybe at customer site. And then um, now I'm hoping it'll be a lot quicker so we can spend more time with the customer to work with them to migrate their data and improve their data, um, improve data access. Yeah, and it's not just quicker. It's also more accurate, right? You're not making fat finger mistakes and that sort of thing. More best practices are uh, automatically forced upon you. (laughs) Forced? (laughs) Come on. They're not, they're, but they're, they're the not best. Encouraged. Yeah. But they're the best. It's, it's just the defaults. The defaults are are better aligned with best practices. You can still yep. screw it up if you want to try, but you've got to make an effort. Mike, don't fight it. Just let it happen, man. Just let it happen. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> All right. Um, so, Mike, uh, was there a speaker in particular that stood out to you at the ETL? Um, I'll say Joel, just because I liked his Dave Hit story for. Because I, I, I unfortunately <laughs> I missed all the the ETLs with with Dave hits, um, but uh, yeah, I think that that uh, that one kind of just I think I thought it set a good foundation for the start of ETL. Yeah, um, I'm right there with you, Mike. Uh, I actually wrote down in my uh, notes at the ETL. I wrote down some notes to talk about, and and uh, Dave hits shirtless was at the top of the list. <laughs> Jason, what speaker stood out to you uh, in the in the ETL? Uh, I'm going to keep with the British contingent and uh, I'm going to go for Matt Watts. Um, Always got a good story. Um, And I I like the way that he conveys the stories of, of, I don't know, day-to-day things. A couple of times he's done a a Glastonbury story um, or things like that. Um, But the session we had with him and Greg Nearman um, on how the A-team aligns to NAPS Global Technologists, um, I think that was just a really good good session for us to have and, and and just finding some middle ground of the things that we want from each other and, and where we're working together. You know what they say, Matt Watts is always the right answer. You can hear the bell. I rang the bell. <laughs> <laughs> it added a, a poignant effect to the, uh, to the whole. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> moving on, uh, Rory, what, Hello. what about you? What, who did you think stood out? Um, there was there was some really good um, content. I mean, one of the things that actually perked my interest that didn't look so good on the um, agenda was the Active IQ update and some of the stuff that's really been going on there in the background. Um, I think is is definitely going to be interesting from definitely from a partner's perspective of what we can now do to to help customers, you know, achieve uh, whether it's things like greater efficiencies and upgrades or, or tech refreshes with our customers. So that, that was definitely something that stood out for me as a, as a presentation. But um, yeah, I mean, pretty much everybody in there was of, of note. Uh, as I say, Quinn was definitely my highlight on the um, hardware and um, on tap update. I like listening to Quinn because it feels like he's hosting some late night radio hour. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> like smooth jams with Quinn Summers. <laughs> Yeah, it's like you you know the way you maybe tweak your own voice when you're on a podcast. He doesn't need any. I don't know what you're that. talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Never I know happens you in, in person. <laughs> okay, maybe a little bit. 
I do have a radio voice. So, Rory, with Active IQ, I mean, it, honestly, it's one of those things where you see it on an agenda, like you mentioned, you're like, ah. But then you start hearing about it, you're like, ah. So, you know, how are you seeing customers adopt Active IQ once they actually start hearing about it? There's just a wealth of information in there that, you know, I think is probably not being used. They probably think of it as the old auto support site, and uh, it's where I go to open a ticket. But there's there's so much more into it. You know, the the trending analysis and the forecast, the the interoperability advisor. Um, you know, this I, I I am I've got see when I got back on uh, Monday to work. One of the first things I did was log in and have a play with it again, and because it had been a while, and I think if I was a customer, it would probably be one of those things that I would have a look at maybe once, twice a week, depending on the size of my system. You know, it's it's definitely definitely got a lot of a lot of use cases that I think people aren't really tapping into, um, performance overheads and stuff like that, system utilization. Um, so yeah. Mike, what about you? Oh, good. Right, Jason. That's what I was just going to say. Just to add to that, I mean, the community wisdom piece is second to none. Where do I fit with other people doing similar things? You know, how how good is my efficiency? How many risks are there? Um, what, What kind of performance am I getting from this system? And I can see how I stand in other people in my vertical. And I think that's just so overlooked a lot of the time. That's my absolute favorite feature because everybody likes to see how they're, you know, keeping up with the Joneses and being able to compare your storage efficiency or, or your storage utilization, any of that, any of those metrics with, you know, basically every other customer that's of your size and in your industry, uh, I think is outstanding. I think they should gamify it more, like add like badges and stuff. So like, hey, you're the top storage efficiency customer out there, and then you know everybody's vying to be the best. We get some. Oh, I'd be well up for that. Yeah, I would. I think that'd be great. I think I would play this game too. Everybody would play this game. <laughs> You'll understand it. Everyone would use IQ, Active IQ, just to play the game. I'd buy a storage controller for home so I could game the system. <laughs> I would just load it up. Five on tap select instances. Uh, <laughs> yes, winner. Um, so, Mike, what about you? Like, how is Active IQ looking to you, and how how can it change your life? So, I every time I do a deploy with a customer, whether it's an existing NetApp customer or a new NetApp customer, I'll sit down and I'll go through Active IQ with them and make sure that they understand it. Um, the hardest part, I think, with anything, no matter how simple it is to use, how much great information is actually getting them to look at it um, overall. And, and I think that maybe even the simpler it gets and the more information is quickly displayed, I think hopefully more and more customers will uh, use it regularly. All right. So that was the NetApp A team on the East Coast and EMEA giving us the lowdown of how what they thought of the ETL. We'll have the West Coast guys coming up shortly. But uh, Rory, how do we reach you if we want to reach you? Uh, probably through Twitter would be the best, uh, at McBride underscore Rory. Mike Palak. Uh, again, on the Twitter, uh, my handle is uh, at Spindle Ninja. What's a spindle? Spindle is like a couple of what they used to use in storage a couple of years ago before everything started going non-spindle. Shut the front door. Uh, oh my gosh, I don't remember this. <laughs> yeah. Is this kind of like an A-track? 
Kinda, yeah, actually. Could I put a spindle on my sweet Chevelle? Jason Benedicic, how do we reach you? Uh, best way, probably Twitter. So at J A Benedicic. All right. Thanks everyone for joining us. All right, that was our East Coast and EMEA session. Now let's bring in our West Coasters to talk about what they thought of the ETL. Earlier we had our East Coast and EMEA folks in to talk about the ETL. Now we have our West Coasters, and I don't know if anyone's noticed the change in tone of this podcast, but one happened in the morning. <laughs> one happened in the afternoon. Now I am fully awake, and it's it's borderline obnoxious. So, um, And I've had lots of coffee, and I've, you know, whatever. In the room with us today, you've probably heard a few people talking, or not in the room, actually, on the phone, uh, is none other than Becky Elliott. So hi, Becky. What do you do, and how do we reach you? Hi, I'm Becky Elliott. I'm a consulting engineer at Ironbrick. I'm based in the D.C. area. And you can follow me at Becky L. Elliott on Twitter, or you can check out my blog at BeckyElliott.com. All right. Also on the phone with us, uh, Chris Olson. Hi, Chris. Hey, Justin. So, uh, Chris, what do you do? How do we reach you? Um, well, when I'm not on a mountain bike, I'm a solution architect at Los Alamos National Laboratory. We're a science and a Department of Energy lab up in northern New Mexico. And uh, best way to reach me is uh, on the Twitters at Colson NM. So here, who here nice knows? Voice there, I just have yeah, to say, he does have a nice radio voice. That's a nice voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a face for radio. <laughs> so, uh, who here knows how to recognize when someone rides mountain bikes? Uh, it's the first thing out of their mouth. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> also works for CrossFit and vegans. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. Uh, on the phone also is Ryan Beatty. He is at like some exotic location. I think it's his house. He's telling me it's his house, but I don't believe it. But Ryan, what do uh, you he's, do? He's, How do we reach you? He lives the, the real housewives of the OC. <laughs> yes, he, he is a real housewife. So Ryan. I am in the OC. My name is Ryan. I'm a senior systems engineer for Red 8. Uh, I've been doing NetApp installs and configs for, I don't know, 15 years now. Um, you can reach me. I had to change my Twitter name because no one knew how to spell it. So I changed it recently to Ryan on top. Um, nice. Yeah. So they don't know how to spell Beatty? It was, uh, it, you know, the, it, when like I, Warren? it was originally had my middle initial in there. So it caused a lot of confusion. Oh, <laughs> so, okay. And a yeah. lot of people want to add an extra T, I've noticed. They want to yep. do a double T. I'd just like to yep. point out that Ryan is taking on the persona of ONTAP and he's simplifying. Yep, just right. Uh, that was that was sharp, Justin. You know what? Uh, it's three. It's three o'clock in the afternoon ish, and I'm on. I'm on top of my game. <laughs> All right. You um, need an alcoholic beverage. <laughs> something like that. I don't think I need any more of that kind of stuff. Uh, also on the phone. Uh, last but not least, John Woodall. Hi, John. Hey, Justin. How are you? I'm super. Thanks for asking. Uh, what do you do? How do we reach you? Yeah, uh, first you can reach me as uh, John underscore Woodall on Twitter, and uh, I'm VP of Engineering at one of NetApp's, I think we're your first reseller, uh, Integrated Archive Systems in Palo Alto, California. John is the OG when it comes to resellers. We're going to talk about ETL, what people thought about it. We're going to talk about some of the news that we heard there, and we're going to talk about a speaker that stood out. So let's start off with what we thought about ETL. Becky, what did you think of ETL this year? This is my third ETL, and it was another really good one. Again, I love seeing the delegates and seeing what's coming forward. 
Excellent. So what sort of um, things did you notice this year that was a little different from the previous years? So this year, it felt like we had more Matt Watts, which was a really good thing. I know that he spoke twice. He, he seemed like he was around a lot, and it was good. As I said earlier today, Matt Watts is always the right answer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's like the 42 of the agent. That's right. I don't, yeah. Uh, so um, also, we, we just heard John speak, so now he's volunteered to go next. So, John, what did you think yes. of this year's ETL? Um, I thought it was, it was my fourth. Um, and I was thinking about it. It's like, wow, it's been that many. Um, I liked a lot of it. I think if, if I had to pick one speaker, I really like Spencer Sell's session on just talking about the data fabric and the updates. And I thought that was a um, just a great session because – it's no longer the data fabric, and from a customer perspective, it's the it's your data fabric. You get to build it for what's right for your business, and I really appreciated that because we've been watching this thing we've called the data fabric spring to life for the last four or five years, and now it's something that um, is deliverable, it's shipping, and it has incredible value. You guys have been around long enough to hear to have first heard about the data fabric and doubt its existence. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Now you've yes. seen it come to yes. life. It's like your baby. Yeah, it's like Snap Mirror does not a data fabric mate, but make, but it was the first thread. You're the fairy godparents of the data fabric, the NetApp A team. Yes. So Ryan, what did you think of this year's ETL? Uh, the one thing that I really like that it wasn't so, it wasn't wrapped around hardware, right? So I mean, we had what an hour session for two days around hardware, and I think that's the big, the big thing that NetApp's pushing for is. How do we get away from just being a hardware vendor? Uh, meaning, how are we going to simplify our software? How are we going to simplify our cloud? What does the data fabric actually look like? That's you know how we introduce containers with HCI inside of AWS and Azure, and they're not so focused on the hardware that they've been in the past, and, and I enjoy that. Interesting point about the hardware. So you can't get away from running things on hardware. It's just currently not possible. There's no ethereal. Uh, what about running in the cloud? <laughs> someone else's computer, Dan. There's no hardware there. Yeah, it's serverless. Um, yeah, so I mean, like, you know, you can't get away from it, but you can change the conversations because uh, most people have stopped caring about hardware. Not me. Dan Dan still cares. Dan's a dinosaur. Dinosaur Dan. Uh, so, yes, we do. We care a lot. Chris Olson, um, what did you think of, this is your first ETL or second ETL? It's actually my second ETL. So what did you think of this year's? You know, the thing is, is it's really, it's, it was a, an iterative, uh, you know, progression for me in, t in terms of seeing what NetApp has to offer. I'm, I'm, I'm literally sort of glancing at the, uh, just the packed agenda that we went through. And, you know, starting day one through day two, I mean, there was just so many things that we ended up touching on. I mean, you just really saw the breadth of, of what NetApp's bringing to the market. And, and like John was saying, really fueling, uh, you know, your data fabric, whatever that is for the customer. And yeah, for us, I mean, we're, we're actually very early on. Um, I'm hoping in the next few months to complete our public cloud adoption and there was a lot of technologies that came out that just uh, that really just made me realize that you know NetApp's the the one to partner with going forward. So can you go into a little more detail about what technologies in particular stood out? Um, so a lot of uh, we're actually going to be in the in the uh, probably what many analysts have told us not to do. We're going to 
probably <laughs> lift and shift for a little bit. Uh, we're going to basically be looking at taking some of our existing workloads, not really retooling, not really remodeling, and just bringing those into the cloud. Um, uh, and, and I'm, I'm saying cloud volume on tap in this case, uh, just because what that gives us is the consistency of what we have uh, with our existing operations and being able to seamlessly bring that into the public cloud. And then it, once we've gotten our feet wet and we're, we're, we're a little more comfortable with the operations up there, looking at taking some of the advantage of the more cloud native solutions, such as cloud volume services that, that NetApp is bringing to bear. Excellent. Um, so keeping in that topic, so we heard some news at ETL about, you know, new things coming down the pipe. And without getting too specific, what, what was one of the main things that, that stood out to you in terms of what's coming down the pipe that's new that interests you? Um, so from an on-prem perspective, uh, it's, it's NVMe everywhere. Um, and it's NVMe over Ethernet which uh, that's, that's really a big thing for us. We're a lot of uh, work that we support will we'll have to stay on site. We're not gonna be able to trans, uh, transfer those workloads up to the cloud. So having a solution, a storage solution that's gonna be able to keep up with those, with those IOP requirements. I mean, no, 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 one's, no one's coming to us asking for slower disk and, and more latency. I mean, we're, we're, we're having to ratchet things up and NetApp's really stepping up in that solution space as well. I, I would love to ask you a question, if I if I may. Oh no, it's, I don't it's know. not about the ETL. <laughs> Sam, <laughs> Sam, can we can we let Dan ask a question? I I hope he will. Go I, ahead, I Dan. Dan. Well, he he had mentioned something. I'll allow it. That I I love uh, <laughs> NVMe over Ethernet. Mm-hmm. So uh, have you guys uh, settled on a uh, particular solution? Are you going going to be uh, moving forward with? Uh, Rocky V2, or are you going to be holding out for NVMe over TCP? Um, NVMe over TCP would be optimal for us. Um, Rocky V2 might be the bridge that gets us into that. Uh, we Part of it is that throughout all of this, we have to remain pretty agile, uh, even, even though we're in many ways sort of a traditional, uh, you know, big iron on, on the floor with spinning rust uh, solution provider. We also have lots of customers coming to us with this, the sky's the limit with which they'll come to us in terms of workloads. So uh, there may be a space on the sooner end of things for you know Rocky V2, in which case we may jump into that space. But uh, yeah, NVMe over TCP would be uh, the real sweet spot for us. So Becky, uh, what stood out to you at the ETL in terms of technology that you heard about that makes you excited? So there's some architectural changes that are coming that I'm really excited to see how that how that pans out. There is a lot of simplicity coming down the, the, the road. And that was, if I was going to take away something from ETL, I would say that would be the number two thing for me was the simplicity piece. So as, a, as an admin, as a storage, you know, person in general, um, what does the simplicity do for you versus what does it do for the people you're selling to? I think it's more of the people I'm selling to. I mean... I like being in CLI. That's just kind of how I learned on tap. So I go to the GUI when I have to, but I think it, it helps sell the product when you can say, hey, it takes a couple of clicks and you're done. And I think people enjoy that. They don't have to go and relearn something. You know, there's, you go to some sites that's like, well, I'm not the NetApp guy. I'm the XYZ storage guy. So I don't really know NetApp very well. And then they're kind of scared of it. I think if you can sim- simplify that interface, they don't have to be scared of anything anymore. 
I ain't afraid of no storage. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think something we didn't get a chance to to talk about that I was really hoping Quinn would would have had time to to discuss with you guys are some of the uh, not necessarily back office, but doing things like simplifying quotes, um, simplifying the license, the, the way that we handle licenses. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that are in the in the works that are not just going to help the ultimate customer, but are, are going to make the lives of our sales teams partners. and our partners yeah. uh, significantly yeah, fusion, better. Yeah, fusion, if you're, mm-hmm. you know, alluding to fusion, that's, that's a big piece that I don't know if we can discuss, but fusion, uh, being able to do deal regs and quotes straight from, you know, be able to take a fusion build and then dump it into your opportunity, that's, that's going to save me a lot of time. Yeah, and, and Fusion, if you're a customer, it doesn't really apply to you. But Fusion for the SEs and for the field and for the partners, that's important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, John Woodall, what stood out to yes. you at NetApp ETL this year? Uh, it's kind of this mashup of a lot of the recent announcements, a lot of that around HCI, and if, if, you, if you will, the ability to deploy on-prem, if you will, as a fourth hyperscaler or a fourth region. Uh, but it being in your data center. And so it's just a continuation of the themes that NetApp has been talking about for quite a while. I think this is a year where it all became very, very real. And I think in the ETL specifically, it's not as much because those were public announcements about the HCI platform and CVS and NKS being deployable on that from um, uh, Fabric Orchestrator. I think the real value there was the stuff we can't talk about, which is the roadmap that then these other services that are many and and dense on the slide that we saw being delivered over the next reasonable <laughs> amount of time to the platform in a way that it just makes that hybrid multi-cloud experience. Um, and it was referred to in a comment earlier in this conversation, the IDC uh, recognizing as a subcategory of HCI the disaggregated hyperconverged infrastructure as a category and recognizing NetApp as a leader in that. And so we got to see that announced publicly, which is what they're referring to. What we got to see in the ETL was where that goes. And that was very exciting. So do you see these announcements and these changes coming and, you know, including the HCI, HCI stuff um, as something that'll help you open up the doors to people who don't necessarily have NetApp in their environments? Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, if you look at the industry, and again, this isn't necessarily ETL specific, but it, uh, what we saw is kind of, to borrow a Gretzkyism, kind of skating to where the puck's going to be, is if you look at the hyperscalers announcing Anthos, Azure Stack's been around for a while, Outposts from Amazon, um, there's this move from the hyperscalers towards on-prem, and NetApp is moving from on-prem, if you will, towards the cloud and orchestrating seamlessly across that. And so, Regardless of whether the customer is a NetApp customer or there's somebody that's just looking at what the next generation of their applications or technology consumption looks like, I think NetApp is extremely well positioned with the HCI offering and the seamless experience that gives the customer the ability to deploy services um, wherever it makes most sense for their business, whether that's in a hyperscale or a quote-unquote public cloud context or in their own data center on a NetApp endpoint, but managed and deployed in, a, in the same manner. And I think that's just a really powerful story. And it is definitely a conversation where people are going, oh, that's possible. Yeah. So as we're, we're engaged with customers now in discussions around these announcements, 
we're finding this isn't, you know, we've talked about this probably in the past. This isn't the NetApp that, that we all grew up loving, you know, five or 10 years ago. This is a very different organization that shifted, you know, quite well, I think, with from an innovation perspective and now from a adding value to customers perspective. And, you know, just to um, highlight that, we just, um, a couple of us were on the, um, tech were field watching day. the live stream of the, the Tech Field Day, uh, Tech Field Day 19, and mm-hmm. that was the feedback from many of the delegates. Maybe I'm exaggerating, but certainly. No, they were surprised at how, how far NetApp has come. They were yeah. absolutely like, wow, this is amazing. There's an acknowledgement that NetApp has has evolved <laughs> and that we are in the process of evolving and we're, we are a different company today. We're like Benjamin Button of storage. <laughs> oh, nice. Well, just to amplify something that, that John was just talking about from the consistency of administration perspective from the, you know, on-prem, hybrid cloud, wherever, the other thing that we're looking at is that consistency from the user experience. You know, what what is our customer looking for? And, I mean, we, we definitely see the value in the public cloud. We're, we're working on getting there. But one of the challenges we want to make sure is that, you know, if we've got a, a customer who's spinning up a Kubernetes environment and they our ability to provide that on site isn't going to be enough for that to be able to scale into an NKS in the cloud and then just have that be the same experience for them and, and just not have to have the customer be aware of the differences between what you're doing, you know, on site and what you're doing off site. And, and that's just, that's, there's some real power there. Excellent. So um, let's now kind of give the, the awards out. Uh, who is your favorite speaker, Ryan Beatty? Um, I think Matt was the most passionate, to be honest with you. I think, uh, you know, I kind of, I kind of laid into him at the end of it and, and not, not in a mean way, but I, I think he was the most passionate. So that was probably my favorite. Anyone who's passionate about what they do is my favorite. Correct answer. <laughs> Matt Watts. Um, John Woodall, who is your favorite speaker? I think I mentioned him earlier. I like what Spencer sells. I like how he tells his story. Uh, I really like Matt's commentary at the beginning and towards the end, both he and Greg Nierman, I think did a good job just helping us understand messaging and how this fits, this emerging story fits in the market. But Spencer got more into the, not quite sausage making, but how do you build and think of a data fabric from a customer perspective and, and how to deploy? And I, I, in my job, I appreciate that because ultimately this is successful if people understand how to apply this great technical innovation to real world business problems and drive better outcomes and better efficiency. And so I think the way Spencer addresses that fabric discussion, I appreciated you know, from that perspective. Also a right answer. I'm just glad I got no, that right. spoiler alert. Everyone's going to have a right answer. Oh, there's no wrong participation trophy. Yes. Um, <laughs> Becky Elliott, favorite speaker. She's on mute. She's on mute. But we're going to go ahead and say right answer. <laughs> right answer. <laughs> okay. Other than Matt Watts, Sunita Rao, I thought she did an excellent setting. Yeah, she was. She was awesome. She's my former manager. Yes. Is she really? Yes. I was able to disappoint her for three years. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt that. Not many can say that. Chris Olson, who is your favorite speaker? Um, so Joel Reich uh, popped in for a little bit first day, um, and that was really neat because it was, 
you know, part of what I, I've always appreciated about NetApp is that overall executive vision of, of really seeing the company moving forward and, and being up to task for the upcoming challenges. And, and he spoke to that, not like in a, in a, in a gimmicky sales pitch way to us, but just really, I mean, gosh, he probably, he probably asked more questions than, than he, you know, spoke per se. And, and that was just, that was neat. And he just gave some really good feedback as to, to what the A-team was thinking about. And that was just, uh, that, that, was, that was a pretty neat uh, engagement that we had. All right. I'm going to have to consult the judges, uh, Dan. Well, uh, Joel did tell an excellent Dave Hitz. All right. Right answer. Anecdote. So yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going right. to go there. All right. So, are you going to ask me, Justin? I was what about I to, thought? I was about I've been to. waiting. Oh my gosh! You're I've been so waiting. impatient. I was about to ask <laughs> you. Girl like you. So, <laughs> Sam, Sam, who was your favorite yes. speaker? Well, I cannot pick just one, of course. And this is um, why I didn't ask you. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate the time that everyone took to come and join the, you know, the ETL and spend time with, with you guys and. You know, we had some of our old favorites. Um, you mentioned um, Jeff Baxter and Quinn Summers and, you know, Matt Watts, of course. He's sort of he's just like an incredible champion for you guys. And Spencer Sells really uh, bailed me out um, because I was struggling to. <laughs> but anyway, he um, he really stepped up and uh, was really flexible. And I so appreciated his support. And Dave Mason came and joined us. And I think yep. Dave and uh, Joel and um, a couple of others really made a point out of asking questions, right? And and they really were interested in what you guys had to say. And that's the whole point of ETL, right? It's, you know, having these people such as yourselves who are out there every single day doing this stuff, providing that input um, so that we, we get it right, so that we net up, get it, get it right. And one thing that was very exciting uh, for me is that uh, Joel Reich uh, officially became uh, the A-Team's executive sponsor this year. Ooh. And time with us was, was wonderful. Um, he's still wondering what it is I'm going to ask him. To do that. <laughs> oh, he does know that sponsorship no comes with a money yeah. amount attached, right? Dollar signs, right? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> But no, so I just, and you know, we had people like Brian Hackworth come in and present to you guys about, you know, I just think that we had a really great cast um, this year and I look forward to um, putting it together, you know, putting ETL 2020 together. And, uh, you know, frankly, we, we, we had our uh, post-mortem debriefing today and we're going to start sooner. And that will probably be a, a big relief to all the all of the presenters that were pulled it pulled in relatively lost minute. Um, so anyway, yeah, we're on onward to ETL 2020. All right. So, I mean, I, I didn't hear the, the exact answer I wanted. So I'm going to ask a much more specific question. <laughs> okay. So who is your favorite presenter wearing shorts that was not on the schedule that showed up to draw on the whiteboard <laughs> and talk about flex group volumes? <laughs> I, I think that was the only whiteboard <laughs> session. I, I mean, I, I don't want right. to brag, but... Uh, it was the only whiteboard that session. Was, you were correct. Was that was that Aaron? No, no. you ignored Aaron. You didn't even let Aaron go. Shorts. I'm trying to picture oh. shorts. I don't remember shorts. Whoa. <laughs> yes. Who wore shorts? 
I don't know. I don't know who, whoever wears shorts in a business yeah, setting. Who, who would be talking about flex groups? I don't know. Some, I, idiot. some idiot. What are these flex groups? Oh, Justin? She genuinely didn't know. I thought she was just playing coy. Yes. Justin Parise is definitely my favorite presenter. Uh, anyway. <laughs> and he's getting a special reward. Oh, uh, the podcast is my uh, award. An award. He's getting a special award. Ooh, a special award. For his award. participation. Oh, my God. I don't even know. Ooh, you get a trophy? I, 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 I had the bacon reception. That's all I needed. <laughs> so, uh, Sam, speaking of yes. the ATL, so what goes into creating something of that magnitude? Like, what did you have to do to corral all the cats? Well, gosh, where would I even start? Um, you know, it's a it's an event, right? It's a think of it as a like a multiple day EBC, if you will. And, you know, we had what, 30 some odd AT members. So those are the customers and partners. We had another 20 or so NetApp tech advisors, which which you and Dan Isaacs and others that you you fall into that category of NetApp employees who uh, spend a lot of time with the A-team, you know, really support the program and interact with them on a regular basis. So we had 50 people, give or take, um, that attended this. And that was that was the attendees or the participants, if you will. Um, and then you had to add to that what we had another, what, 20 or 25 speakers who participated. And, you know, so there was just the, you know, the lineup, the presentations. Uh, we had a lovely reception at the DVC. Um, you know, we had dinners out in the evening. We did a, you know, the Habitat for Human Humanity uh, charity event again this year, which is always loads of fun, and I think uh, much improved over last year. Uh, the the end result. Uh, so it's just, you know, it's just kind of, um, I don't know, you know, putting all the pieces together and hoping you don't uh, miss anything. Let's say I've been listening to this uh, podcast and I'm very interested in the A team, and I think it'd be cool. How would I get involved? Okay, so you're listening to the podcast, and you are who? You are uh, maybe I'm a customer. A customer maybe a I'm a partner. partner. Uh, go ahead. Well, no, I mean you, you tell me. You tell me who I am and, and how I can be involved. <laughs> well, I don't know who that listens to your podcast. No, um, who am I? <laughs> well, you know what? What I look for in AT members um, are people who are already out there in the what we call the social sphere, right? So they're already advocating loudly about what they like about NetApp. They're either um, maybe they're a partner, and um, or they may be a customer, but they're they're, they're saying. Uh, things on Twitter or LinkedIn or in their own blogs or in, at events that would indicate that they might like to to be involved in this in this group. And it you know it really takes um, you know the we have the best of the best on this team. They're super sharp uh, people. They're not just NetApp experts. They're they're IT industry experts, and that's important. We want people. We want people. That sounds terrible. We we um, <laughs> we appreciate people who are very well rounded. And who have a lot to say. I, I really, you know, I'm. I. It's so important that they are. They feel confident and willing to speak out because that's. You know, we're a relatively small group, and every every one of their voices matters. So, uh, you know, reach out to me on Twitter at Sam Moulton, and I'm happy to have a chat with anybody who might be interested in participating. Or oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, follow Sam Moulton. Maybe if you don't want to take it to the actual Twitter, you can do the DMs.
you know, we're interested in expanding um, and including people who are, you know, kind of taking the same direction that NetApp is taking, right? So they're into cloud and, and they're working, they have AI projects and they are um, doing DevOps stuff. You know, I know that sounds very technical, but, um, you know, whatever it is that DevOps. That's about do. as technical as we get <laughs> with DevOps. <laughs> so, DevOps. What do you do? Stuff. DevOps stuff. Oh, you're hired. Yeah, the, the program needs to evolve the same way that NetApp is evolving. Ryan, uh, if we wanted to reach yep. you, how do we do that? Uh, Twitter, you know, that's, that's one way. So Ryan on tap. Um, if you don't know how to spell that, it's R-Y-A-N and on tap, like, <laughs> On tap. Well, I mean, we um, have Irish listeners. They might spell it R I A N. I mean, who knows? And, and then I and then I think everyone, a, says, everyone hears Brian for some reason. So Ryan on tap. John Woodall, how do we reach you? You can reach me at uh, the Twitter at John underscore Woodall. All right, and Chris Olson. Twitter handle Colson NM. And last but not least, Becky Elliott. You can find me on Twitter at Becky L. Elliott, two L's, two T's, or you can find me on my blog at BeckyElliott.com. All right. All right. That music tells me it's time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast at netup.com or send us a tweet at netup. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher or via techontappodcast.com. If you like the show today, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire Tech on Tap podcast team, I'd like to thank the NetUp A-team for joining us today. And as always, thanks for listening. Justin, you, you, you say this a lot. You say coming down the pipe. It's well, pipe oh, with okay. a K. Thank you. I don't care. I'll thank say you. what I want. Oh, this has been, I, I mean. Nails on a chalkboard. This has been like driving me crazy. And I, I just like, wait, am I, have I been saying it wrong my entire life? So pike is more of a northern thing. We don't have pikes down here. You guys yeah, have like pike. Yeah, like the mouse pike. The pike. Come yeah. down the pike. And if you're in Michigan, a pike's a fish. So, I mean, pike makes more sense in my opinion. Okay. Well, I just wanted to, I mean, I know that's It may make more sense, but it's but still it, it, wrong. So put that in your pike and smoke it. Yeah, it, it's, it's <laughs> in my notes, so I had to ask. Nice.